Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You can text us on the Egger Snyder and Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Egger Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Craig Riley here with Bucko Talk every Saturday throughout the season from 9 to 11. And every Saturday at this time, we go out to the lines and talk to our Pirates insider here at the fan, the Post-Gazette Pirates beat writer Jason Mackey, who, as I understand, is fighting through some second-shot side effects. Jason, how you feeling this morning? I'm doing better now, Craig. If you would have talked to me uh, two hours ago, things would not have been pretty. Um, it's amazing <laughs> how, like, I get home from the game last night and just start getting – Awful, awful chills, and I'm sorry to scare you. I know you have your second shot coming up. But yeah, on Monday. <laughs> so that that knocked me down, and then I get up this morning, and it's just just a brutal headache. But I'm I, I think hopefully the worst is behind me. It's just kind of like an achy feeling. So we're we're powering through. Well, thank you for powering through, and uh, hopefully this helps cure the headache a little bit for you, not adding to it like watching Mitch Keller pitch at times. But we'll get to that. Uh, I want to ask you first about sort of a big-picture question for the Pirates. They sit here, they were this week at 500, a game above, and I think better than anybody would have expected them to be at this point. I don't think that that has changed the course or should change the course for Ben Charrington at all. Like, if he got a call for Richard Rodriguez today and the trade made sense, would you fully expect him to still pull the trigger on a trade like that? Yes, I absolutely would. And, you know, Pony – Made a big deal of this early in the week. You know, he asked me the, the Richard, or, uh, not Richard Rodriguez, but the Adam Frazier component of it. And I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that yes, he would act on it. Now, is a team going to make an offer like that right now? No. Um, is it, is it ever going to get to that point? No. But the overarching point here, Craig, is, is what you're talking about. Like they have a goal. Their goal is to use this year as a, an important pivot point to something bigger. And that means, trading guys who aren't going to be around for that big picture thing for something. Right now, Richard Rodriguez's stock is obviously extremely high. Um, and I don't know if it's going to change, frankly. I mean, he's just a really good pitcher, and that, that's great. That's good for them, and it's good for him, and I hope he goes to a contender and pitches his butt off. But it makes sense for them to act on that now. Um, you know, when those offers come, I fully expect Ben Charrington to act on them. Now, he's He's going to be able to, like anybody, peddling a good asset or, or having something that other people want, like you can be discerning, and he, he should do that. He shouldn't jump at the first offer. But do I ultimately think they're going to trade these guys and stay on course, like even if they keep flirting with 500? You know, like let's, let's say they're 500 in a month from now. I still don't think that's going to change the calculus. And that's what I wonder about Ben Charrington. It doesn't make sense for him to come out and say, here's exactly how I'm going to build this and what we're going to do long term. But when I try and figure out what it's going to look like for the Pirates in the Ben Charrington era, 
Do you expect or suspect he'll be the type of GM along the lines of what we see done in Tampa where you're willing to trade a guy like Blake Snell even though you have control over him? Or do you look at it like it may be we're going to build it up, go for it for a couple of years, and then maybe scale back and then build again? Do you get a feel for how Ben Charrington wants this to go long term? Is, is the guy running the Pirates? That's an interesting question, Craig. And I, uh, hmm. I would – I would probably have to guess, um, and I, I don't think there's a – I can't give you, like, a firm answer, like, they're going to do A or B, because it's not that simple, right? Like, it's circumstantial. You're going you're gonna to operate the team based on what you have. Like, I think the idea now is to get a bunch of talented players and get this team better, and I know that's a boring answer, so I'm going to try to explain it in a way that is a little bit more spicy or people can <laughs> understand it or whatever. Like, you have to even create that question for yourself. Right? Like, if they're good and all of a sudden they have good players at every level, you have to sort of see, like, does it make sense to push all of our chips into the table right now and maybe say, screw it three years from now? I mean, maybe. I don't think that's the way Ben's going into it, though. I think if you made him pick A or B, it would be to create more of a sustainable model where sometimes you have to make those tough decisions, like Blake Snell. But why I'm saying it's a little bit more circumstantial and you need context on it is because you don't know what you have. Um, like, we don't know the decision with which Ben Sherrington is faced. If they have your fictitious Blake Snell, just to, to keep going mm-hmm. with that, like, if he's got a couple young arms filling in behind, then, yeah, you're, you're going to make that decision. You're going to be okay letting him go. If they don't um, and, and they're still valuing contention and they feel like they can win, then that's a situation where you're going to have to spend the money, pay to keep the guy, whatever. And, you know, just to sort of keep going with that, not to blab too much on it, but, like, same deal for position players. Let's say they get this thing turned around. They get some really good pitching, got a good bullpen. Right field, I, I'm just arbitrarily picking right field, is an abyss. They need yeah. to get somebody. Like, that's going to be a situation where you have to go pay a guy for a year contract or whatever, and I, I fully expect them to do that. But the idea is to get more talent, grow these guys, get more going in behind. And so if you have to lose a guy like that, it's okay because you've got some 21-year-old Dominican prospect who's going to come up and do just as well. Talking with our Pirates insider here at the fan, Jason Mackey. And the reason I ask this, Jason, is because I look at the Rays, and they were very close to winning the World Series last year. But I look at them in the A's as sort of like the model small market franchise of how to have sustained, continued success. But neither has won the ultimate prize under that model. They haven't won a World Series. So that's where I wonder how things work in Ben Charrington's mind. Do you want to be the team with sustained success like that year after year and always be a contender but maybe never get there and win the World Series? Or do you want to have that year where you go for it, recognizing that maybe a couple years down the line it's going to hurt you? And I, like you said, there's no way to answer how Charrington feels about that, but I'm just very curious, thinking big pictures, I see like the minor league rosters shake out and all these guys at low and high A that they're probably going to have and when they could be here, how Ben Charrington views this all going. I, I'm wildly intrigued, as you can tell by that notion, and fixated on it. <laughs> no, man, I, I think that's a great question. And I, Again, I don't have the answer for you either, but I also don't think it's as simple as picking A or B. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think you have to pick a model. Um, and especially right now with where they're at. Like, they're so far away from having to answer the question that you're talking about. It's almost a good thing. 
right? Like the, the beginning stages of what Ben is doing. Like it, and, and I, I hate giving answers like that to people because it sounds so lame and boring, but like that's literally what they need to do. They yeah. need to get a heck of a lot more talent than they currently have. And one year in, Ben did an excellent job of that. And you ask anybody around baseball, and they're going to agree with that. Set. Like, did the Pirates infuse a lot of talent into their organization in the past year? Every single person you talk to is going to say yes. And then you need to do it the next year. And then you need to do it the next year. And, like, that that's where the former regime sort of broke down. But it, it, did, it wasn't as sustainable as it should have been. They should get all the credit in the world for what they did to identify and build toward 2013 through 2015, and they did some awesome things, and then they never evolved. And that that's – they never evolved when it came to, like, the major league pitching side where they're still throwing sinkers and pitching to contact and all that stuff that you see yeah. there. They didn't evolve in the Dominican. You know, that pipeline of talent got stale. They didn't get anybody out of there. They drafted poorly. Their development stalled. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that happened – you know, people want to yell and scream about Bob Nutting spending money, and like, I get it. I would like to see them spend more money too, but like, there are so many other things that broke down that, like, left Charrington in a position where, like, okay, I've got to fix development. We have to get more minor leagues. Like, you know, there, there's just a lot of stuff here before we can start talking about are they going to go all in? Or are they going to do it more in a sustained way? Well, let's talk about some of these prospects. It could be that wave that gets the Pirates back to that 2013 to 2015 type team that we saw. Nick Gonzalez, the top prospect for the Pirates. We saw the double-A and low-A rosters get announced yesterday. He wasn't on either of them. Safe to assume high-A for him? Yes. Um, okay. You're going to see Greensboro is going to be the place to be, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get me a place down to – or a trip down to Greensboro to see. Uh, you know, Gonzalez is going to be down there. Quinn Priester is going to be down there. Leover Piguero is going to be down there. Um, so I actually, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I thought they'd keep Priester and Bradenton, but I, I'm, I'm also not sure it matters. Um, you know, I, I don't even know how long he's going to pitch in single A, to be honest with you. He's been so, so dominant against that level of competition. Like, he's probably going to go there and, and just shut people down, and then we'll be talking about him in double A, I think, probably before too long. But, yeah, that's what it looks like there. And then Double uh, A is also got an interesting roster, man. I was looking at Altuna last night. You know, Mason Martin at first, and O'Neill Cruz at shortstop. What you do with G1 Bay? Um, but there's there's some players there. Yeah, so you're what two, three, and five rated prospects are probably going to be at High A. O'Neill Cruz starting at Double A. I wondered what sort of work they were going to be able to accomplish last year, and if that would sort of act as a season at the minor league level for a guy, but. Obviously, for Cruz, he's not going to make that jump up to AAA to start this season. Do you have any problem with that, or were you expecting him to probably be at AA? No, I was expecting him to be at AA. And to okay. be honest with you, Craig, I don't understand the uproar and why people think he belongs at AAA. Like, what did he, what has he done to warrant that placement? Um, you know, I think I, it was just the unknown of what was maybe accomplished last year. People were hoping that they like. A guy got a lot of work in last year, but I mean, how much? Looking back on it, how much could they have really done it? Uh, what, what did we call it last year? A satellite camp to develop yeah. like that? I mean, he came out in spring. He didn't hit ball, and that's yeah. not something against Daniel Cruz. But he was like, you know, one first first twenty. And I mean, I I like the tools that he has on defense. Like, you know, the the throwing arm is tremendous. Like, he can take two steps and go from like third base to second base, fielding a ground ball. It's, it's impressive, but like. You also see the balls that like randomly scoop between his legs. 
or that just just misses. Like there's just inconsistency there, um, and it's the same way at the plate. He struck out too much, and it's not a knock on O'Neill Cruz. He's just not ready. He's played 35 games at Double A, and he didn't hit in spring. And I, I just you know it's totally fine for him to continue to play at Double A. We were I was talking about this last night with somebody. Like dude keeps saying he's going to be in the major leagues. Like I think he should probably pump the brakes on that. Um, you know. I think he will be eventually, and I think he's a tremendously talented player. It just can't this this group would be so dumb, the current Pirates group, to like bypass important developmental things like that. It's okay if O'Neill Cruz doesn't get to the major leagues this year. I would rather him get there when he's ready to be productive, be consistent, know what he's doing, and he's just he's not there. So I'm fine with him starting a double A and playing every day. Use triple A for Colt Tucker. I they need to figure out what they're doing with him. I don't think anybody knows, um, but you would like to see him, you know, go down there and hit and challenge for a spot. Our Pirates insider, Post Gazette Pirates beat writer Jason Mackey, joining us here on Bucko Talk. Jason, as I keep going through the top prospect list here and seeing where guys are and guys who don't have a level yet, Travis Swagger is a guy to me. I'm assuming he's going to be at high A since he wasn't on either of the rosters that came out yesterday. And he's a guy that I just really don't know what to make of. A first-round pick for the Pirates, very mixed results, nothing spectacular in the minor league levels yet. What do the Pirates think of Travis Swaggerty? Do you know? Here's an interesting one for you, Craig. I've been hearing Swaggerty's going to wind up at AAA. Really? Yeah. Um, a little surprised by it. It's not public. Um, I don't have it completely confirmed. That's skipping that is... the AA level entirely. I know. I know. And it's it's a bit of an odd one. Um, huh. But he's you know he's not a double A. We know that. And yeah. He he did what had to be done at, at, in single A. You would think like he had a pretty good year in nineteen. Like I I'm not sure there's anything left for him to accomplish. Now keeping Swaggerty at triple A, you got to also remember like you've got Brian Goodwin at least for now. If if I'm him, I opt out and yeah. You know, how's that guy not opt out? <laughs> I yeah. I I don't understand that one and. You know, I mean, if you're the Pirates, I'm not sure you can afford to allocate time to Dustin Fowler and Anthony Alford unless they show you some reason to believe um, Jared Oliver's hurt. So, I mean, there could be an opportunity for Swagger. Now, he, to me, falls in that category of O'Neill Cruz, where there was a lot of excitement. And, and I mean, as a first-round pick, he, he, had, he did some good things in 2019, but... You know, theoretically got some work done in 2020, but just didn't do anything to turn any heads in spring training. And so he's somebody I'm going to be watching. Um, they like him. I mean, it, it's it's not anything they dislike about. It's just he he's not ready. The consistent contact is, has not shown itself yet. They like his speed. They like his defense. Um, you know, and he's done it at times. But he, you know, sort of like Cruz, he's just he's a little too raw at the plate. Um, and I find that AAA assignment kind of interesting because you're almost taking him and throwing him in the deep end at that point, saying, like, this is the message. You need to get this together. You're a 2018 first. This is where you should be. Let's go. Um, and, you know, I, I can see why because they have, an, they have a need in the outfield right now. And that's what's interesting to me about Swaggerty. I never anticipated you were going to say AAA. That's very interesting to me. But – they did draft him out of college. I mean, college products are supposed to be closer to the majors than what he would be if he if he started this year at high A. You would probably view that as he's behind where he should be in his ascension through the minors. So that's a guy that man, that'll be very interesting to me 
if he starts at AAA? Because that's that was be my next question. Who are we going to see at AAA this year? I imagine Yahure and Will Crow could be in the rotation there with maybe like Cody Ponce, but who else would you be keeping an eye on of guys you expect to see at the AAA level? Yeah, so I mean, in some ways, it's it's sadly going to be just like a way to stash guys. You know, yeah. like you're going to see Kevin Kramer there. You're going to see Will Craig there. I don't I don't think either of them have a reasonable chance of contributing in Pittsburgh. Um, you're going to see Cole Tucker get reps there. Um, the rotation, you mentioned a couple guys. Um, I believe Chase DeYoung is going to be there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Wright, the knuckleballer, I, I'm still curious to see him pitch. I I don't think he's done. Like, I, I just have this feeling that we're going to hear something. You know, we're going to see Stephen Wright come up here and get a chance. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't think that oh, he yeah. contribute. Um, so, I mean, those those are the guys that I think you need to keep an eye on. Um, we may see Rodolfo Castro again. I wouldn't be shocked there. I mean, they called him up for a reason. Uh, he's on the 40. He's a, he's an easy transition. I I don't know off the top of my head whether he's in double A, single A, triple A, what his assignment was. But, you know, you're on the 40. You're, you're that close. Um, so he's somebody I would expect to get to triple A at some point this season. And I I think that's it. If I'm not addressing somebody, let me know. No, that's everybody I was hoping to hear about. And then the last thing I want to ask you is Cole Tucker. They say he's going to play short at AAA or, or in the minors when he does get yep. out of the skill development level in Bradenton, the hangout with Vanessa Hudgens level that he's at down in Florida. But why not in the outfield? Like you mentioned, Travis Swaggerty, if he's at AAA, can play there because it looks like they could use outfielders. Why are they totally, it seems to be, rolling that out at this point? I don't understand, Craig. I don't. And. Like, I understand why Cole Tucker is not here, because he has to hit and he hasn't hit. And that's just calling a spade a spade. Like, he lost out badly in the spring training competition. But, like, why are we just – one, why did we punt on him playing the outfield? And I understand why you're not going to do it. You're going to try to get him to play shortstop because that's natural position. Fine. You don't have outfielders right now. They they had more outfielders last season, and they tried to shoehorn him into a spot Mm -hmm. than they do this year, and they're resisting it. Um, you know, why is he in Bradenton for quote-unquote skill development? Why can't they tell us what that entails? I, all of that's weird. I, I can't say in my reporting that I've ever seen anybody so resistant to talking about what something somebody is working on, especially like a, a first-round pick, a, a prospect that, you know, was, is seemingly a part of the future. Like, he's not with your alternate site team. There must be a reason. Can you explain what the reason is? What's he doing? And we're not we're not hearing it. So it's just that's odd. Um, I, you know, just me personally, I don't understand why you don't try him in the outfield. But I also don't understand. You know, I don't I don't know the context of maybe what how he feels or, or what somebody thinks of him. Um, maybe there's metrics out there that show he's not the greatest defensive center fielder. Although I kind of doubt that. Um, I, it's just just odd, man. I, I don't know how to make heads or tails of what we're seeing with Tucker right now. Jason, as always, I really enjoy our conversation. I hope you feel better as the day goes on. All right, man. Thanks for having me, Craig. Take care. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pirates insider Jason Mackey, one of my favorite conversations we have every week here on The Fan, is just talking about the week that was for the Pirates. Big picture with him. Great insight and information from Jason always as well. Check his stuff out whenever you get a chance. Up next, we're going to talk about Cole Tucker and why not trying him in the outfield. What, what is – what in the world is going on with Cole Tucker? We're also going to talk about Travis Swaggerty because I had him pegged as a high-A guy. I trust Jason's information more than anybody's, 
And if he's saying he's hearing that he could maybe start at AAA, that's going to be very interesting. We'll get into that and more. Craig Riley here with you on Bucko Talk.